Welcome to I Wish They Knew, a show where leaders in business and education share big ideas that deserve more attention in about the time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee. I'm Joe Hirsch. Today's wish comes from Chester Santos. Chester is the U.S. memory champion and is recognized as the world's leading memory skills expert. His tips on improving memory have been featured throughout the media and popular press, including Time, The Wall Street Journal, San Francisco Chronicle, New York Times, CBS, ABC, CNN, and the BBC. Did you get all that? Can you remember it? Chester is also the author, most recently, of Mastering Memory, Techniques to Turn Your Brain from a Sieve into a Sponge. He's the creator of the Memory School and is the personal memory and mind coach to notable celebrities, politicians, professional athletes, and high-powered executives. Chester, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. I'm looking forward to talking with you today. So what do you wish more people knew? I wish that more people knew that you are capable of developing powerful memory skills and leveraging those skills for more success professionally and personally. I think a lot of people... Uh, don't realize that you actually have the ability to improve your memory with the right techniques and a little bit of fun training and practice. Does it matter what we're trying to remember? Would the process differ, say, for memorizing a bunch of dates as opposed to, I don't know, a sequence of events? The specific technique that you end up using will vary based on the information type, but there are three overarching principles that will always apply. And that is, no matter what you want to try to remember, turn it into an image, something that you can picture in your mind. So in the case of names, if I were meeting someone named Mike, I might picture a microphone. If I was meeting someone named Alice, I might picture a white rabbit because that would remind me of Alice in Wonderland. So take the information and turn it into something that you can easily picture, visualize in your mind. That's the first thing to always keep in mind. The second thing that I would ask people to do is from there, try to involve as many additional senses as you can so that you'll be activating more of your brain and building more connections in your mind to the information. So in the case of the white rabbit to remind you of the name Alice, in addition to seeing it in your mind, you might imagine that you can smell the rabbit. Maybe you can feel the rabbit. So involve additional senses. And the third and final principle to keep in mind is while you're doing all of this, experiencing these things in your mind, try to take advantage of the psychological aspect of human memory by making this all weird, unusual, extraordinary in some way, because we tend to remember things with little to no effort, things that catch us by surprise that we, we feel are pretty extraordinary in some way. I'm thinking about all the people listening who are wondering to themselves why memory and memorization specifically is still a relevant skill when we can look everything up on Google. Make the case for memorization. Yeah, although we can look many things up, we have access to all of these apps, various electronic devices, there are still cases in which memory skills, being able to remember things can be very valuable to you. One is remembering people's names to get more of networking at conferences, uh, various events. You're definitely not get, getting the most out of networking and events if the next time you see someone 
that you met previously, you have no idea what their name is, what their company is about, or any of that, right? So memory skills are gonna, going to be useful there. Also, giving any sort of presentation, maybe it's to potential investors in your company, you're pitching a potential client, whenever you're giving any sort of presentation, you will always be a more effective, persuasive speaker if you can minimize the amount of notes that you're using and maintain eye contact with that person, right? Better demonstrating your knowledge and expertise, better demonstrating that you research that company, what they do, how your company or your services are a perfect match for what they're doing. Those are all some cases, of course, it's fundamental to learning. Memory is fundamental to learning. So any sort of professional, personal development, uh, you're going to benefit if you have a better memory. So you mentioned that these skills are things that anyone can do. I'm, I'm wondering, for someone like me who, who doesn't easily remember things uh, in the moment, like I'll go to the grocery store with a list of things to buy that my wife has given me, and I haven't written them down. That was my first mistake. And I can't remember them for the life of me. Can, can you help me right now develop a, a, an approach to, to bring this visualization skill set to memorization? Because I know I could use it and maybe others out there could too. Yeah, Joe, definitely. Let's go through an interactive exercise if you're up for it. I'll have you try to commit to memory a really long random list of words and uh, I'll guide you through how to use the three principles that we talked about with a specific technique in conjunction with the specific technique and, and your audience can follow along, see how they do. So the word list is going to be monkey, iron, rope, kite, house, paper, shoe, worm, envelope, pencil, river, rock, tree, cheese, and dollar. That's the random list of words. Now, when I do this at presentations around the world and I can see the look on people's faces in the audience, people usually look at me like I'm crazy. They don't think they'll be able to do it, not unless I give them a lot of time to commit that to memory, but you'll have this down perfectly. And I'm sure people following along from your audience will also have it down perfectly forwards and backwards, probably in just three minutes. I'm going to guide minutes. you through. That's it. Three minutes. I'm going to guide you through a All visual. Right. And just do your best to see what I described to you happening in your mind. If you're giggling uh, it's a good sign that uh, you're going to remember everything. Just have fun. So the first word was monkey. I want for you to try and visualize a monkey. This monkey is dancing around, making monkey noises. Boop, boop, boop. Whatever monkey would sound like. I'm working on the monkey impression. But the point is to see and hear the monkey. The monkey now picks up a gigantic iron, and it's dancing around with this giant iron. Uh, that was the second word I had given you. So just see that visual. The iron starts to fall, but a rope attaches itself to the iron. Maybe even feel that rope. Maybe it feels sort of rough, all right? Interact with the rope. You look up the other end of the rope and you see that it's attached to a kite. At the other end, you see a kite attached to the rope. It's flying around in the air. See that kite now crash into the side of a house. See it crash into a house. The house you notice is completely covered in paper. Just picture that as best you can. It's completely covered in paper. Out of nowhere, a shoe appears and it starts to walk all over the paper. Maybe it's messing up, messing it up as it's walking on it, that shoe. The shoe smells pretty badly, so you decide to investigate and see why. You look inside of the shoe and you find a smelly worm crawling around. Really try and see that worm crawling in the shoe. The worm now jumps out of the shoe and into an envelope. Maybe it's going to mail itself or something. I don't know, but envelope was the next word. 
All right. Out of nowhere, a pencil appears and it starts to write all over the envelope. Maybe it's addressing it. See that pencil? All right. The pencil now jumps into a river and there's a huge splash like you would never expect to see when it hits this river. The river you notice is crashing into a giant rock. That rock flies out of the river and it crashes into a tree. This tree you see is growing cheese. You probably haven't seen a tree like that before. It's growing cheese. And out of the cheese shoots a dollar. Do your best to see a dollar shooting out of the cheese. That was the last word, dollar. I'm going to run through this again very quickly in about 20 seconds and just replay through this little story in your mind. So we started with a monkey. Can I give it a shot, Chester? Can right, I give it a shot? I want to yeah, go, go out there. <laughs> I'm going to put myself out there. All right, here it give goes. It, give it a try, Joe. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got the monkey. Yep. And and the monkey is holding on to an iron, um, which is attached to a rope. The rope is attached to a kite. The kite crashes into a house. The house is covered in paper. It gets messy. Um, what was that? That was that was a shoe. Okay, a shoe. There's a worm in the shoe because that was weird. <laughs> that, that that I remembered. Uh, yeah. Okay, and it's walking all over the house. Uh, what was it? Um, paper. Was it paper? Paper. The you, the it house was, was worm. Yeah, you paper? got it. It was it was paper, and then paper. the shoe, and then the, the shoe. worm. Oh, paper shoe worm. Okay. Oh, oh, worm. Okay, so worm, uh, envelope. He mailed himself. Got it. Okay, you got mailed it. himself. Okay, he mailed himself. Perfect. Who was he mailing himself to? I don't. Was it a pencil? Yeah. Was it a pencil? You got it. You okay, got pencil. it. Okay, right. pencil. Uh, was that the part with the rock? Did it fall or something? You're very close. The pencil jumped first into the. Okay, a river. Got river. it. River splash into a rock, rock crashed the house. The uh, rock crashed into the tree. Tree, tree with cheese and a dollar bill. Awesome. Oh, look at that. Awesome. Oh, oh my gosh. Awesome work there. Very well done. Incredibly well done. And with just one run through there. Now, if people just mentally replay through that story, just a few times, you'll know that like the back of your hand, people would be able to rattle off those words, not only forwards, but also backwards by simply going through the story in reverse. Now, I want to make it clear this doesn't just apply to random words. Even that simple technique called the story method could be applied to giving a presentation, minimizing the amount of notes. Let's say oh, we're going to talk about healthcare in the U.S. Uh, the main topic is healthcare, so maybe I start out my story with a stethoscope that the doctor uses to check your heartbeat. That's just my mental note card for healthcare. First talking point in this short presentation will be the high cost of healthcare in the United States. Maybe shooting out of the stethoscope are a bunch of $100 bills. My next talking point, perhaps under certain healthcare programs, in order to get things covered, we need to find a way to cut through or navigate through a lot of red tape. Maybe wrapping itself around the $100 bills is all of this red tape. So that should give you an idea of how you could apply this to minimizing notes when giving a presentation or having five, 10 key talking points when meeting with clients, potential clients, to show that you really did the research on them and their companies. Again, in today's business world in which the average business professional isn't using their memory 
much at all because of this digital, heavy digital dependency, you're going to be more impressive to people and more memorable in the business world when you do develop your memory skills, even to just a small degree. Yeah, that visualization is so powerful. And I think for speakers, especially creating a visual story for the audience will help them remember your presentation even better. Absolutely right. I love that the principles that apply to helping to make information more memorable to you can also be applied to making your message more memorable to your audience. Absolutely. What about as people get older and and memory loss becomes more pronounced? Are there things that we can do to stop those losses as we age? Yeah, so there are some biological changes that happen in the brain in the brain as we're aging, but a large part of people's memory ability declining as we get older has to do with the fact that we tend to use our memory much less later in life than we did earlier in life. So when you think about it, when you're young, in your schooling years, you're constantly learning tons of information from a wide variety of areas. You're constantly tested on your recall of that information for quizzes, exams, to write papers, right? Thesis. So this applies throughout you know, elementary school, high school, college, grad school. But then we all enter this time period where things start to become a routine, right? We're doing the same types of things day in and day out. We're no longer as challenged to use our memory as much. Also, our brains are much less stimulated in general, right? So we all reach a certain point where not that much is new to us anymore. So our brains are less stimulated. The positive aspect of this is if you just make it a point to exercise your memory, work it out, force yourself to commit things to memory, recall them, you can keep your memory strong and in fact improve it really at any age. And and you mentioned, you know, this this issue that I think a lot of people face, I certainly do, about remembering names or in my case forgetting them. So what can we do? Like is there a strategy that you found to be super helpful in terms of retaining that information more than just making like little connections between the person's name and an object? Definitely. So let me give you four steps that anyone can put into practice right after listening to the interview. And then I'll talk a little bit more about that visual component as well. So from this day forward, I'd like people to try to go through this four-step process. Step one, whenever you're introduced to someone, make it a point to immediately repeat their name, shake their hand. So if you're introduced to someone named John, nice to meet you, John, or pleased to meet you, John. It might seem obvious, but a lot of times when someone is introducing themselves to us, our mind is on what we're going to eat for dinner later or what, what is the next program part of the conference, right? We don't pay attention to the name, but that first step forces you to pay attention for at least one second to their name. That's the only way you could repeat it right back to them. So try that out. Eventually, it's going to become a habit. Step two, ask a simple question using the name. So, John, how do you know? Chester, or how long have you been with this organization, John? Just use it once. I want to clarify, you don't need to use the name over and over again in the conversations where it might seem a little bit weird, but just use it once. It will prevent the name from just going in one ear and out the other ear. Step three, think of a connection between the name and anything at all that you already know. So John, maybe you think of John Lennon. Could be somebody famous like that. Could be a character from a TV show or movie. Maybe you have a friend or family member that has that same name. Thinking of a connection between the name and literally anything that you know will help it to stick much better in your mind. And step four, whenever you leave the meeting conference, 
whatever type of function it might be, say goodbye to people actually using their name. I hope to see you again sometime, John, all right? That's gonna help you. Then if you can make more use of that visual component. So if you were visualizing a microphone for the name Mike, but you think this Mike has interesting looking hair, you might imagine the microphone getting tangled up in his hair. So I would also add that in. So the next time you see him at, let's say it's the next day at a conference uh, breakfast, all right? And yesterday you met him at the happy hour or something. All you have to ask yourself when seeing him again is what was unique to you about his look? If you personally notice his hair before, you're likely to notice that again, right away the image of the microphone will come back to you reminding you that his name is Mike. So put those four steps into practice with the visual component. And I think you cannot help but get better than ever at remembering people's names. There's a reason why he's the international man of memory, folks. <laughs> Chester Santos, thank you for joining us and sharing your wish today. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. It helps others find us. For more ideas on how to communicate with impact, visit my website, joehirsch.me. See you next time.